This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Danae Mercer joins us to discuss the possible dangers of AI social media filters and how they can spread a false sense of security while also sharing some news about a new family with us here. Some of those app filters, by the way, can make you look like a teenager, which is very dangerous and slippery slope. What are your superstitions? Here on The Shift, we chatted about some different superstitions as I learned a couple of new ones that I'd never heard of before. We take your calls and your text messages. Plus, are you okay with, this one's worth sticking around for, skunks in school. Uh, this one's definitely not worth sticking around for, knock-knock jokes. Because <laughs> knock-knock jokes are awesome yet always terrible. It's all on The Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. I'm very happy to bring on somebody that I carry in such incredibly high regard, someone that has inspired me through many um, different seasons of my life. And I get to say that I uh, I call her a friend. I get to talk to her. Um, one of the most open-hearted people that I think that you'll ever meet is uh, by the name of Danae Mercer. And Danae is, uh, I, don't, I hate to say influencer, because that doesn't that doesn't feel like it's enough, but it is really true because you are influencing things and you're joining us from Italy today. Hi. 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 Thanks so much for having me on the show again and also for saying such kind things. Oh. That, was, that was a a beautiful introduction. Well, what is beautiful <laughs> is this new career of yours of mom to Aurora. Um, <laughs> how is how's mom? You made time with us with all of the busy, uh, with uh, all of the mom things going on. How are you loving momdom? Oh, I feel like it, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I feel like it's the greatest love of my life. Um, she's, she's just a miracle. I love, I love her so much. So good. Um, uh, can I give you the, the quote that I, I wrote that I absolutely love about becoming a parent? Yes. Yes, please. Um, life doesn't begin when you are born. Life begins at the birth of yours. Um, and I, uh, I, once you have kids, it all changes. So how's your perspective now on all the things? Oh, that's such a beautiful quote. That's it's, you know, you're absolutely right. I think everything changes. Your priorities change and your view of yourself, of other people, of for me, of other moms. I think I never realized just how strong moms are mm -hmm. and, and now I, I like see other moms and I, I just have such a space in my heart for them because it, it it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. And you, you've gone through, so you've been a stand for body image, loving your body for women and all of those bits and pieces because of, it sort of started with the uh, stand up for women. And then it became very quickly the, whoa, the filters are crushing everybody's soul mm -hmm. here. But now you've gone through the ultimate, you know, body change by having a baby. So has that just amplified your stand in this? It It's definitely made me more passionate about talking about what's real online and what's not. And about talking, like discussing filters, right? Because I, it's, it's not so much how I've seen my body change. It's more of what I think, I think about what Aurora is going to have to handle as she's growing up. And the, like the internet is just getting smarter and smarter with how it creates this unreachable level of perfection and this immense amount of pressure on women. And I want, I want us to, to make a safer space for daughters like mine. 
Uh, you've you've been working hard against these these filters in this conversation, um, but at the same time, it's not a negative. I, this is where I think you're quite magical, Danae, is that you you don't take a real negative approach. You sort of just expose it for what it is, then remind people that, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, you're perfect exactly as you are. Um, tell me about some of these new AI filters. The ones you, you used to break them, right? You used to kind of put your hand over half your face mm-hmm. and then it would break the filter. And they're becoming harder and harder to do because I guess the technology is getting better. What have you found? That's absolutely true. And I, well, first, I want to say I totally agree with you. There's no there's no shaming in anyone who uses filters or, you know, I, I use filters sometimes. Like it's, it's okay. My goal is just, as you said, just to educate. And what we are seeing right now are these new AI filters that are smarter than any we've seen before. So these new filters through using machine learning are able to sit on your face and they don't break. So you can touch your face, you can have your hair go in front of your eye, you can move and they look super realistic. They don't glitch, they don't, you know, sometimes with the old filters, you would see an eyelash sticking on the middle of your hair if your hair was in front of your eye. Now this filter understands, like this, these new filters understand that that doesn't happen. And so it, it's harder and harder and harder to detect. And what we're seeing on, on TikTok is there's a viral one called Bold Glamour that is quite like a, you know, it's, it's what you would think of an influencer face, like that kind of chiseled contour, big lips and big lashes. Mm-hmm. But also it, on TikTok, there's another filter that's called Teenage Look. Yeah. And what it does is it, it creates a hyper-realistic, very pretty teenage version of your face on your grown adult body. So it... It's weird what this technology can do. It sounds incredibly dangerous too, because there are people that, um, well, there there are sick and twisted people that they they might like that. I'm trying to be gentle with it, as you can probably interpret. Yeah. Um, but it, I guess, what I'm saying is the make yourself look longer or younger is a very dangerous, slippery slope. Well, especially when you, when it comes to putting a teenage girl's face on a grown woman's body. And, you know, there are, there are a couple of accounts that have over 2 million followers that that's what they do. That's what they do. Like it is, it's a grown woman with quite, they're grown women with quite, you know, very pronounced feminine features. And then they will Photoshop their faces to be hyper young. And it's weird. It's very weird. But previously they weren't able to do that video. Now it's possible in video. And so it becomes this really mixed situation of what is real and what's not. And where do we draw the line with things? Scary. Now you have the perspective, yeah. kind of like I do. I mean, you look at your kids, you look what they go through. And, you know, this, by the time your daughter, you know, fast forwards into being a 15-year-old, um, mm. Where is it going to be? Because in the last two or three years that we've talked about these things, it's already come so far. That's a scary notion today. Oh, I totally agree. And, you know, we've seen in the last few months, the technology is just getting so much smarter. And that's that's how technology works, right? Is it, it grows at an exponential rate. So it just multiplies itself faster and faster and faster. And, you know, one of the biggest video editing apps in the last couple of months has released a new feature. Like you could always edit your body on there for the last year, but now they have a feature where with one click, one click, you can make your boobs a lot bigger and your butt a lot bigger. And so 
the technology is making it easier to change yourself. And I think it's that is going to grow at a rate like we've never seen before. Let's reset that manipulate your body piece because some people that are listening right now, Danae, aren't online, or at least they're maybe online to see their grandkids or, or stuff like that, uh, keep in touch with family and friends. They don't see, they may not be following this. So this could be completely foreign to them. What are some of the body part edits? For example, the, the ones you've showed where you can skinny up your waist and there's other things. So what are some common body edits that you've also seen that, that are pretty consistently available? Yeah, of course. Well, in, when it comes to video, so if we're thinking about video, which I think for a lot of, you know, my generation and, and maybe older, we're used to editing in pictures. We've wrapped our head around that, but now you can edit in video super, super simply, like it's such an, such an accessible way. So in, in a video editing app, I can shrink my waist. I can make my legs longer. I can enhance my hips. I can change my whole face. You know, I can, I can basically adjust any part of my body. And it's very, very hard to detect. So when, when these younger children are watching or, te- or teenagers, teenagers are watching TikTok and they see a girl with crazy hourglass proportions to the extent that it's, it's hard to wonder, is that real? I think that's a very valid question because increasingly it's it's easy for it not to be real. Scares me for the fitness part. We talk about yeah. um we talk about diet, we talk about, you know, healthy eating and all these bits and pieces and you know, there are people out there that are influencers, they're marketing and they're selling, you know, yoga pants and they're selling maybe a a protein drink or they're selling an energy drink or whatever it is that they're up to do. It's a capitalist world. They're allowed to do what they want to do. But the catch is though, is that if you're selling workouts or fitness or you're say selling this drink and you're manipulating your body going saying, you know, I work out five days a week, here's my workouts, but the results Mm. are not even real. That, that becomes um, incredibly devious, right? I mean, that is absolutely mm-hmm. misleading. And what scares me would be the belief, because my kids drink energy drinks. It's amazing how regularly available mm-hmm. they are versus when I was a teenager. But at the same time, that body image of what is possible, I worry about addiction to the gym. I worry about not eating too much or just living only on supplements or, you know, so this really does snowball into this this giant tsunami of oh man what's coming i absolutely agree i was watching a a video the other day of a fitness influencer who she was doing some squats and the camera was angled in a way that you know if you angle the camera and if you pose you can make your butt look a lot bigger than maybe it is if you're just standing normally so she had she had worked her angles but then she had also applied a filter and i only noticed it because that's what i that's what i do you know, and it wasn't a filter on her face. It was a filter on her body. And it was hard to catch it. When she dropped to a certain point, the filter broke. And so I was, a, you know, you're able to see like her waist grew and her bum shrank. But it was really subtle and it was really fast. And that kind of technology is going to get harder and harder to detect. And you're absolutely right. Those are the people who are selling, you know, workouts and products to, to us and to our children. And so it, it does become, there's a there's a real responsibility i think on influencers to 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 be honest and be transparent and 
And that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, it really is a whole other discussion. But you know, the thing is though, is that they are way more, the kids are way more into fitness. Now it could be because of vanity, but they are way more into fitness and, you know, gains and all those things and lifting and all the, the terms that they use than we ever were. Mm-hmm. So there really is an opportunity for them to grow and be awesome and, and for them to have a fitness deeply embedded just in their normal way of being. Yeah. But yet it's getting derailed or it could get derailed, I should say. Uh, well, I guess, I guess then maybe it's on us and, and slightly older generations change the conversation. So fitness isn't viewed just as a way to change your body but it's viewed as something that feels really good, that helps us make friends, that makes us feel confident, you know, that's really empowering. And that way, even as they battle what, you know, is going to happen, there there are going to be people who aren't very ethical, who use filters and lie and, you know, it use things to sell products. But even as 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 they as the teens have to handle that, they're ready for it. So I think I think there's a lot a lot of layers there. Yeah, there's a lot of layers there. Well, Danae Mercer joins us. You can, we'll post at shiftheads.ca a link to her Instagram account so you can follow along and see what she gets up to. Trust me, it's absolutely worth it to do that. Now, Danae, you know me well enough to know that you don't get off the hook with Shane Hewitt without talking about the real (laughs) stuff. Um, tell me about Nico. Um, what's your comfortable sharing, uh, your husband. Now you are an American people. This might be confusing for people. Cause I said, we were going to Italy and you don't sound like you're in Italy. Um, you're an American who I met in Dubai, uh, at the time. And then, then you fell in love with an Italian man and now you're married and living in Italy. So, um, and I, I have, there's a reason why I'm asking this, you know, this, but tell me about this person and how miraculous they are. Um, because I have a man crush on your husband and, um, <laughs> but he is really quite remarkable for you. Oh, no, he's the, he's the world's most wonderful man. Um, so I did, I, I fell in love with him while I was living in Dubai and he charmed me with pasta and, you know, the Italian passion and <laughs> the countryside. He would take me on drives around Florence, which is where we, we are now. Take me on drives around Florence and he'd be like, you know, Italy is, is the best country. Look at our nature. Look at our beaches. Look at our food. Anyways. So, uh, he put that. a ring on it. <laughs> now we, now we have a, a little two month old baby. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's really been, I feel like I've fallen into a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, you often say that, you know, he's so amazing and he loves you this way. How lucky you are to have him love you this way. Is that a fair statement? I think that's a very fair statement. I mean, I, one of the questions I get asked a lot by, by women in particular is, how does your husband handle you showing your cellulite? How does he handle you talking about, you know, your postpartum tummy or anything I talk about? And the thing is, is he is, he is my biggest supporter. Like he is just the most beautiful soul. And I feel very, very grateful, very grateful. I waited 33 years, 32 years until I met him Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have changed a thing. Plus, he can rock a turtleneck like nobody's business, right? <laughs> yeah, he can. I think it's an Italian thing. He can. It's very good. I thought there's a recent photo that you shared. He's in like this this heavy knit sort of mock oh, sweater. Oh, great. He looks so handsome. It's very. He good. does look handsome. He uh, does look handsome. <laughs> here's the thing, though. You say that he stepped into your life and swept you off your feet, and this is where I I would like to be a mirror back to you because I do love you so much. Is that the you talk about self love? And how he walked into your life and sort of swept you off your feet. But I can't 
I can't sit back and not acknowledge the amount of work you've done to find yourself and love yourself through this. It's what your stand is mm -hmm. quite frequently in the things you talk about and everything else. It's possible that, you know, he just had really great timing with a person who learned how to love herself. Can you share about that? Oh, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I mean, I, I think I definitely had to find myself before I was in a space to open my heart to him. So I, you know, I went through some really bad relationships and a, and a really toxic one actually, where I, I left it quite broken and, and doubting myself and, and doubting, you know, will I ever, will I ever find love? And, and after that, and that, that was as I was turning 30 and all my friends were getting married and having children. And, and I made the decision to leave this relationship that was really quite, you know, they're breaking me. They were tearing apart my body and breaking down my confidence. And I reached a point where I was like, I can't, if I wake up in another year and I'm still here, I, I can't, I can't live that future. So I left that relationship. I, I moved to Dubai. I started a, a job I loved. I got my own apartment. You know, I did all these things that were really about me and figuring out who I am. And I honestly reached a point where I, I was quite happy with the idea of being single for the rest of my life. I thought if I, if I don't find that one person, that's okay because what I'm doing and where I am, I love it so much. And that in that space, that's where Nico entered and he, he just added to it. You know, he was no, he was never a gap that I was missing. He, he added more. Mm -hmm. That's pretty beautiful. Um, that's pretty beautiful. You've been very open about, you know, your past and, and eating when you were young and a teenager and the things that you went through as a teenager and, and all the different pieces of yourself. And, and I acknowledge that. I know that as a dad of a daughter that, um, this is, uh, this is such good mentorship, I think, for, for people, all people, uh, for the, all the dudes that are listening as well. You want to learn about yourself and you want to learn about the, the women around you. Follow Danae's profile. You will learn so much and it's very girly girly. <laughs> it is at times. Like you are so girly at times. It's awesome. I mean, you make it's me, very girly, yeah. it is. You make me blush because you talk about sex toys too and stuff. And it, I, I get all <laughs> yeah, blushed and I make it weird. Um, but it's worth it for, for both men and women. I've refer, I've heard it refer people to it all the time. I think you do amazing things. You can also go on the profile and you can see uh, where some of Danae's writing is, some of her speaking things that she shares and so much more, but with a brand new job of mom. You're wonderful. Of mom. <laughs> well, thank you, Shane. That was a, a really a beautiful chance to speak with you again and uh, such a kind thing to say. So thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. What is a superstition anyway? It's interesting. And what I've learned in this notion about talking about superstitions is that we have to be very careful about superstitions because I want to be respectful. And superstitions are very important to some people. And some people, they're just like, meh, it's just a thing we do. What is your superstition? What is one superstition that you do or somebody else, if you want to talk about someone else because it's easier, point the finger, that's cool, that they must do? Absolutely. 877-399-9898. I want your calls. I want your texts. What is your go-to superstition? You can't let go of it. 
or maybe somebody that you know that you think it's weird. A superstition um, is an excessively credulous belief in and reverence for supernatural beings, which is interesting. Widely held but unjustified belief in supernatural causation leading to certain consequences of action or event or a practice based on such a belief. Unjustified belief in supernatural causation. It's a lot of big words. What is your superstition? I've learned a few of these lately from some other cultures, and I wanted to look at different cultures from around the world and so much more. But I've got, we got to do it in a way that's respectful of the culture because the guy I met, it was a faith-driven superstition. To me, it's a superstition because I don't celebrate the same faith as that guy. And so if you celebrate this, then I take no offense. I, 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 it's new to me. He wouldn't pass anything to me through the doorway. He had bought something off me that I was selling because I'm moving. So I'm selling everything out of the house. And he came to the front door and I went to hand him the box. And he said, no, thank you. Can you just put it down, please? I said, where would you like me to put it? And he said, well, you can put it inside the door or outside the door. I said, okay. I said, what's what's going on? Is, is that something? He's like, yeah. He said, in my faith, you never pass anything through a doorway. You always set it on this side of the doorway, carry it through and set it on that side of the doorway, but you never pass anything through a doorway. I don't know the meaning behind it. So if you do, I would love to hear it. But that, I mean, to me, I, I was like, okay. That's a, that's a superstition that, that matters to this person. So that kind of makes sense to me. Now, it's a belief system, and I don't want to diminish someone else's beliefs at all. But by the definition of a superstition, that would qualify because to me, it, that's the thing about perspective, right? I mean, I don't have the same justification in, in belief system that that gentleman does. He was polite. He was awesome. He asked me for help to make sure he could fulfill his superstition. And I was happy to do it. So I asked him a couple of questions about it. He was not offended by that. He was just a guy who basically had said, I don't know. It's just something that we do. I don't even know his background. So where he was from. So I don't even know what faith it was. So what is your superstition that you absolutely must do? It's curious to me. There are a bunch of the standard go-tos that we all know, right? Um, Friday the 13th superstitious. That is a Christian based superstition, by the way, um, about the number 12 and how 12 is good. 12 months, all that stuff, 12 hours, all those things. And Friday the 13th kind of comes from the, um, European Christian, actually a lot of them are Christian based for that matter. Um, the one quote that I did find for all arts and culture on Google, I thought had a good description of the 13th. 12 days of Christmas, 12 tribes of Israel, so on and so forth. Um, the nearest neighbor to the uh, North Negative. The other superstitions around the Last Supper, the 13th is also seen as unlucky because once again, the great betrayer uh, Judas Iscariot was the 13th member of the dinner party. In addition, on Friday the 13th, 1307, King Philip IV of France was arrested and put to death uh, with the Templar Knights. Templar Knights. So the number 13 is carried over from a lot of different things in different belief systems and situations as being unlucky. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Come on. When you were a kid, 
and your mom made you mad, you literally jumped on every crack you possibly could. No? Demi's surprised. No, you didn't like your mom. Like, my mom won't let me stay out late and step on all the cracks. No? I never, like, I was a big believer in that one as a kid. Um, for some reason, I don't know why, I used to hop over all the cracks all the time. Um, but I never, ever got mad at my mom and went and jumped on cracks. No? No. I don't know. Uh, Jono, now you are a little bit younger than us. Um, do these still resonate with you when you grow up, like some of these? No, but I can come from it from a cultural standpoint, not not really from like oh, stuff on a crack. Like I know, like uh, for for my family for, during Lunar New Year, we always have yeah. all the lights in our house turned on during Lunar New Year. On all of the really? lights in our house are turned on, and you always have a bucket full of water filled up in the bathtub. Really? Yes, during Lunar New okay. Year. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, let's 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 push pause on that because I want to learn more about that. I want to learn more about cultural ones for sure. And day to day, though, you don't find that you have any like even put your left foot sock on first or anything like that. No. Jonah? Well, when I'm coming into the building here, I usually take the right door. That's my superstition. Any reason why? Uh, well, I just started doing it, and then somehow uh, there have been no mistakes on the show. Each time I walk through the right door. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I love it. So next time there's a mistake, I'd be like, left door, left yeah, door. I walk through the left door of the building. <laughs> It'll be our code word. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Good stuff. Okay, well, there's beginner's luck. Now, have you, you've heard of beginner's luck. And I, there's, there's a little bit of magic to beginner's luck. There's a little naivety to not overthinking it that many could probably argue from a, a psychological for a psychological sense, the first few times you do something, you just kind of follow your gut and then you start overthinking it and hence beginner's luck. Uh, find a penny, lucky penny, pick it up. Then it goes further because it's like spit on it and put it in your shoe was another one that we used to always do. Yeah, spit on it and put it in your shoe, penny in your shoe. That's another one. What is your superstitions? If you hear me get one of these kind of weird and wrong, by the way, I, I would love your correction, 877-399-9898. Um, well, pennies from heaven is another one. And I know there's a lot of people subscribe to this belief system about finding coins that messages from guardian angels come from finding coins. Some people say, if you, if you tell your guardian angel to show me a nickel today, and then, you know, you believe that you're, you know, you've got the, the grace or the, the hand of your guardian that that's with you. And I love that. That is so beautiful. I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, neurologists and brain scientists will call the reticular activating system opening and changing. There's a lot of brain science behind it, but it's a beautiful thing. But good luck charms in general are a big one. So, Jono, do you have a good luck charm then there, right door? Well, <laughs> not really with a good luck charm. It's just a superstition that entered through the right door of this building each time before the show. And I have to enter in exactly at 8 a.m. That's, that's what I do. So do you stand outside and wait? Yep, I just look at my I look at my phone and usually yeah. I arrive at like seven fifty nine fifty. Yeah. And uh because of this job and how precise it is, I open the door ten seconds later. Really, hey? Yeah. Oh that's neat. Oh, we're getting the inside scoop on Jono here. This is good. Uh Demi, what about you for Lucky Charms? I don't think I have a good look charm. I uh, yeah, I don't think that's ever really been a thing for me. I can't play something that I've thought was a good luck time for myself when my in the 90s when i think it was both of my grandmothers passed away a couple of weeks apart and um 
I was in my 20s, early 20s maybe. And uh, a friend of mine, I had to DJ that night, and it was a big bar, like hundreds if not over a 1,000 people. It was a big show. And the light guy, his name was Johnny K. And he came up and he took a keychain off his keychain. It was just like a tag, like, I don't know, like an initial, some pretty stainless steel engraved initial thing. And he took it off and he said, if you're feeling, you know, that you, you know, feeling down or whatever, he said, just put this in your pocket and just rub it with your thumb and it'll make you feel better. I said, what, what does that mean? It's just your keychain. Don't you want your keychain? He goes, nope, it's fine. You take care of it. I saved that thing forever. But when I had a dog named Cedric that we had to, he had to get put down. And he was, um, he was Great Dane. And he, when I saved his collar, his um, tag, and I saved the tag, and I still have it on my keychain today. And I will use it every now and then and rub my thumb on it. And that's all because Johnny did it back in the 90s, way back then. So it's not the same thing, and it's not really a lucky, lucky thing, but it was, uh, it sort of matters. Like it sort of hits you, right? Okay, no, I got this little reset, which is kind of nice. What is your superstition? 877-399-9898. Appreciate you. Um, uh, I like singing superstitious at karaoke. That's pretty good. Um, walk, don't walk under a ladder. That one actually has some pretty big uh, religious significance, by the way. Um, the under ladder was, where did it go? I had it here. Well, finding a coin is, Lucky Pennies is a big one, too. Um, but it was something to do with uh, some biblical thing that is way beyond me. Uh, the Holy Trinity of the Father, Christian symbolism, trying to climb in the world through something fancy, fancy. Whew. We say don't walk under a ladder. <laughs> Things have changed in the world. Black cats. I mean, come on. Anytime a cat walks in your life, it's got to be bad luck as a dog person. Rabbit's foot. Uh, really kind of weird. If it's real, like if you have a real rabbit's foot, like taxidermied on your keychain, you don't find that weird. Um, but this one is legit. I bet more than anybody realizes it's a super superstition. Bad luck comes in threes. Like you'll hear of a car crash. You'll be like, oh, there's going to be another. There'll be two car crashes. And then you're like, oh, bad, bad luck comes in threes. We've got to make it through the next one. Or a plane crash or bad news in the news cycle or something like that. We've all said that one. It's confirmation bias is what it is is we seek out confirmation. And so we look for, in the the brain, I just did reading a psychology thing on it, in the brain science of it, we basically say bad luck comes in threes. And then we go out and we look for the next step of bad luck, but then we let it go. And we stop looking for the bad luck. There's still more bad things that happen, but we've stopped looking now because we found the third one. So that one kind of works. Don't break a mirror. Six six six. Of course, there is the uh, there's the the uh, knock on wood, which is one of my favorite songs. Can you get enough of a Amy Stewart? Huh? Oh, this goes so good. Love it. Anyway, um, make a wish on a wishbone, turkey wishbone. Still do it every year. Okay, so what are your – oh, that's interesting. Let's go to Natalia uh, before we get into the faith. We're going to get into the faith ones. What are your, your faith cultural ones? 877-399-9898, Maple Ridge. Natalia, hello. Hi, how are you? Good. What is your uh, superstition that you've got? 
Well, growing up, uh, if we ever said anything negative or anything that could uh, happen that was bad, uh, you would have to bite your tongue. And that would just to make sure that it didn't happen. And that's the uh, that's an interesting one, too. Probably a little bit of a punishment to remind you that negativity Maybe. is bad, right? Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have a day-to-day one, Natalia, that you still use, catch yourself using today? Yeah, so if you walk somewhere with somebody and there's something in between you two, you have to yeah. pass um, on the same side. Uh-huh. Um, if Why? you pass on either side of um, a pole or a garbage can or anything that's um, in between you two, you have uh-huh. to tap each other on the shoulder and say hello for 100 years. Really? If you don't, I'm... you will get in a big fight. Oh, I've never heard that. That's fascinating. Thanks so much for the call, Natalia. What are your superstitions? 877-399-9898. We want to get them here. Whatever they are, if they're cultural or silly or fun. Now, Jono, earlier on, Jono's in downtown Vancouver. You were talking about New Year's and a bucket of water in the bathtub and all the lights on in your house. Is there a reason, is there a reason why? Do you know, do you even know why? Um, I can try to explain it, but uh, I think people might say that it's, it's it for cultures, East Asian and Southeast Asian cultures is a bit different, but I can explain it from my end. Usually with all the lights on, it's usually welcoming the spirits into your area of residence. Okay. Yes. That's nice what the lights on. I don't know what, what the bucket of water is, but usually yeah. we always leave a bucket of water fill up to the brim overflowing. Really? Yeah, That's it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be something to do with fortune, your fortune yeah. overflow. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot of. We find it. There seems to be a lot of luck, right? Like a lot of luck based stuff for that one too. This is cool. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety Every time you drive by a graveyard, Texture says you have to hold your breath out of respect for the dead. I've never heard that one before, but we used to always do hold your breath through a tunnel, just in case the tunnel collapsed. Because then you were ready. <laughs> like, like ready for what? But, I mean, you think it would make more sense over a bridge on the river or something, but that was one that we always did as a kid. I still did that with my kids just for fun. Um, Roger says, I have a St. Christopher medal hanging from my rearview mirror to protect us in our car travels. Yeah, I know that my um, my kid's grandmother, she has given them all St. Christopher pins for their for their visors. Uh, that saying the belief is that St. Christopher will keep you safe for travel, which is cool. Let's go to Laura, who's in Kamloops. Hi, Laura. Hey. Okay, here's one. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so if you ever put your elbows on the table during dinner, it would be, Laura, Laura, strong and able, take your elbows off the table. You'd have to get up, go outside, run around the house before you can sit back down again. That's wild. <laughs> Is that just maybe a punishment for bad manners? <laughs> no, but you know what? It was fun, so sometimes you do it just to get up and do it, right? <laughs> oh, that's fun. I love that. That's cool. Okay. It's neat. It's, it's funny how we Dude. carry these things with us. Thanks, Laura. 877-399-9898. What are your uh, superstitions that you carry with you uh, further through through the day? Uh, spill salt, throw some over your shoulder into the devil's eyes every time. Can't not do it. Demi, you're from Manchester. Is that like a British thing or? I don't know if it's a British thing, but I do that actually. You still do it? I do it. Yeah. Really? Eh? That and the, you know, the little, the little money spiders. If you ever see one of those on you, you're supposed to throw it over your shoulder. A money spider? Yeah. Those little baby, the tiny little baby spiders. Really? Yeah. Oh, but then if you throw them over your shoulder, you don't know where they went. That's everybody's worst nightmare is where it can't tell where the spider went. They're baby spiders. All right. They're tiny. 
Okay. All right. See, superstitions are interesting. They're so neat. We carry them all so differently, right? Um, Ukrainian superstition texture says is don't walk with one shoe on and one shoe off. You Every step you take will be how many years you'll be a widow or a widower. Uh, don't put shoes on the table. You'll have an argument. Um, and the man who, Elaine says, the man who was saying passing somebody through the door was absolutely right. That's where this all started. There was, and I still don't know why. Uh, but it, the, the gentleman I met had bought something from a used. And I, if you know this, I would love to hear it. And share your, because um, we can make some time to talk about them more. Share your superstitions. 877-399-9898. The gentleman I met wouldn't let me pass the box of the item through the doorway. He asked me to set it down inside so he could grab it or set it down outside so he could grab it outside. But we weren't allowed to pass it through the doorway. It was fascinating. He was very kind. He explained it. Um, and uh, it was, I thought it was great. So this is awesome. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? 877-399-9898. Let us know your thoughts on these are you okay with stories. And for the very first one, it only seems appropriate that we need to go to our favorite place. And that is Florida. I don't know how things work in Florida, which from your description sounds like a colorful, lawless swamp. Are you okay with boneless chicken wings? Oh, I got it backwards. I screwed that up. Oh, well, this one's not Florida, but we'll keep going. It's Nebraska. (laughs) Way to go, Shane. (laughs) Are you, John O'Chung, are you okay with uh, boneless chicken wings? Um, well, I'm fine with it. It's okay. Are you a chicken wing fan? I am a chicken wing fan. I love the Costco chicken wings. Oh, which ones? The ones that are flavored or not? No, the ones that aren't flavored. It, it comes it's with like just the, yeah. It, it just like comes in the ones? big the big bucket, and it has all the chicken wings inside and the chicken drumsticks. Oh, that one. Yeah, you get it at the food court, and it comes with barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. And I always, I like mm-hmm. the barbecue sauce. You dip the chicken wings into the barbecue sauce and you eat it and it tastes like heaven. Oh, the food, Costco at the, the little deli food cooker place, that John Ostraga, the what do you call that? The cafeteria? They call it the food court. Uh, yeah. Food court. Thank you. Very good. Um, the it, it is so good. The one I was talking about from Costco is they have the, the uncooked ones that are already seasoned in a big plastic sort of clamshell tray. And cooking those is absolutely fantastic. Um, Demi, what is the best chicken uh, wing flavor? Um, I really like buffalo. Yeah, hot, medium? Um, like a hot, hot. I really like hot. Hot, spicy, like burn your face off hot? Like Yeah, like burn your mouth and you need a glass of milk next to you, kind of hot. Wow. Yeah. Right. Salt and pepper is pretty good. Um, I can't, when I have my, grow my Christmas beard out, I can't do the, um, can't do the slimy ones like that because it's, you can't, you can't eat salt and pepper is the only way you can go. So for half the year, I can only eat slimy ones. And you know what Melanie turned me on to was honey hot. Have you ever tried honey hot? Yes. I had that for the first time. Not like, I think maybe last week. I really liked it. Amazing. Right. John, have you ever tried honey hot wings? No, I've never eaten any spicy wings before. Okay, well, this is what you have to try, okay? You get the honey garlic, 
get a honey yeah. garlic barbecue sauce or something like that, like a honey garlic, and then you just add Frank's hot sauce to it and make mm-hmm. it as hot as you want to do it and then roll your wings in that. Mind-blowingly amazing, just so you know. But they're messy, they're inconvenient, there's really not a lot of meat there, but they're so good, aren't they? Uh, this story includes a man from Nebraska, not from Florida, we'll do that later, um, who made an impassioned appeal to his local government last year urging council members to crack down on scrapping the name of boneless wings. These wings, did you know, are not actually wings. So Ayman Halim said he went to Buffalo Wild Wings in Mount Prospect, Illinois last January, and he purchased the dish, believing them to be deboned chicken wings. Unbeknown to the plaintiff and other consumers, products are not wings at all, but instead slices of chicken breast deep-fried like wings, they say in the lawsuit. Halim sued Buffalo Wild Wings and their parent company, Inspire Brands, on Friday in Illinois. The lawsuit is also filed on behalf of potentially thousands of affected patrons. Halim said the unspecified damages, injunct relief, restitution, declaratory relief, and other remedies of court deems appropriate. Buffalo Wild Wings asked a comment of the lawsuit. The popular chain sent a link to a recent tweet which said, It's true. Our boneless wings are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham, and our buffalo wings are 0% buffalo. <laughs> like, the, they're called buffalo wings. But the takeaway was they're not actually wings. There was they're not wings. No connection no. to buffalo. No. They're not buffalo. They're chicken. Okay. Um, <laughs> are we doing this? Is the, I got to make sure I got this one. Aha, this is the one. Uh, redo the Florida. Pretend that didn't happen. Erase. Are you okay with knock-knock jokes? Who doesn't love a good knock-knock jokes? Good knock-knock joke. Do you have a go-to, Demi, that you keep close by or anything? Mm, I have um, one in front of me right now, which is okay. very good. You going to try it on? Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Knock-knock. Who's there? Noble. Noble who? Nobel. That's why I knock. <laughs> That's funny, uh-huh. actually. Okay, I'll give you one. This is gross. Uh, knock, knock. Who's that? I eat mop. I eat mop who? Mm. <laughs> Come on. All right, for these, we'll get more of those. What is your best knock-knock joke? 877-399-9898. Um, now, this is where we get to go to our favorite place. I don't know how things work in Florida, which from your description sounds like a colorful, lawless swamp. <laughs> there we go. One Florida man got a knock on his door. Knock-knock. Wasn't so funny, though. In fact, the interaction with his guest ended up him we ended up with him getting bitten quite badly scott hollingsworth heard something outside his front door saturday night went outside and uh didn't turn the light on it went by and uh, just got a step outside and something grabbed me on the leg started shaking violently and he thought it was a dog it was an alligator six or seven feet i really didn't get a good look at it it uh 
I said, when I saw what it was, I stepped back in the house and closed the door and uh, looked down, had a large gash on the side of my leg, so I was trying to put pressure on it. The family says they were later told by wildlife officials this alligator was more like nine feet. They say they've seen alligators in this pond right behind their house before, but never on their front step. In fact, we spotted an alligator in the pond ourselves. Florida Fish and Wildlife was called out and the alligator responsible for biting Hollingsworth was euthanized by a trapper, according to Daytona Beach Police. Hollingsworth was taken to the hospital where he had to get surgery on his leg. Uh, fortunately, there's no damage to my knee, which I was concerned about. Um, just Everything's going well. Hollingsworth did have plans to enjoy Daytona Bike Week. He may have to wait till next year. Probably won't be biking anytime soon. That's... Absolutely. In Daytona Beach, Haley Crumble Home, West 2 News. Uh, that's from CNN and stuff, too. Okay, so wait a second. Like, they said, like, it, the, the crocodile was euthanized by a trapper, which doesn't make sense because that's not trapping. <laughs> that's euthanizing. Just to be clear, I don't think that was, I don't think that was a euthanizing person. It was a trapping person that they hired. Yeah. Anyway, apparently this is quite normal. Um, a nine-foot alligator, more alligators than usual as the weather warms up, tend to come around, um, and there's expected to be around 1.3 million alligators in Florida. Um, do you know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile, by the way? It is, is one bigger? Um, is that the difference? No, an alligator says, see you oh. later, and a crocodile says, in a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. This is the dad jokes coming at you. It's Monday morning. <sighs> um, knock, knock. Uh, who's that? Two. To who? To whom, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock jokes are fun. You know, I don't know. It's, you can use the one you can say to your partner, knock, knock, who's there? Olive. Olive who? I love you too. Right? Oh, they, that's cute. See? That's okay. This is good. Oh, okay, this is a good one. Right. Knock, knock. Who's there? A broken pencil. A broken pencil who? Never mind. It's pointless. Oh, see, that's fun. That was a good one. Are you okay with... School. Going to school. Are you okay with going to school? Did you like school, John O'Chung, when you went to school? I did. I, did. I liked. You, I liked. Like you, I like just. I liked high school. Yeah. You're like the kid who were like, yeah, I can't wait to go to school today. Yeah, and also because I just had a lot of friends, and mm -hmm. they were the most encouraging people that I've ever met, and I'm still in contact with them till this day. So. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Got to hang on to them, man. That's precious because some of those people that know you from back then, that's so important. Um, I mean, for high school, for me, it was just something that we did. I, I don't know if I looked forward to it, but I didn't hate it. I didn't like getting up in the morning. That was probably about it. I certainly did not do homework. There's no denying that. Uh, Demi, what about you? School nerd? Uh, no, but I went and I finished. I conquered. You did. I got it done. School yeah, is complete. That's what I think of school. Yeah. Students at a Winnipeg elementary school were forced to uh, go to alternative locations this week because there was a guest in the school. A skunk moved into a crawl space at the Stevenson Britannia School 
and its scent was wafting through the entire building on Silver Avenue in Winnipeg. Skunk spray gets its kick from a compound called a thiol. Thiols also give garlic and onions their tasty smell, but skunks have a particular punch to their organic chemistry. Maybe that's why the scientific name for the striped skunk is Mephitis mephitis. Well, it's disgusting, and only a few weeks ago we narrowly avoided getting sprayed by a skunk at 3 o'clock in the morning, we being me and Harlow outside. And I know that, thank you to all the shift heads who did send in their advice, by the way, of how you get the skunk smell out of a dog. But it is the nastiest, most pungent ugh, smell. Now, in Winnipeg, air exchange fans and HVAC experts were working to make the air as fresh as possible for the school. But parents were told they could keep their kids at home if they were concerned about the situation. The skunk was first spotted on Monday, and the critter plagued the school for three days before control experts were finally able to locate it. Students are expected to return to the normal-smelling school today, I believe, as it's finally clear. I did watch, you know, the crawl space underneath things, like houses, whatever. We used to have those portables attached to our school. They have a little crawl space underneath. Mm -hmm. There's a really great video about somebody who, um, there was an animal in the crawl space. They didn't know what it was, so they took screws and screwed a board to it. So they could call animal control and say, hey, we trapped an animal that was underneath our crawl space. We closed it off so it's underneath there. Come get it. And then all of a sudden the board got smashed and it was a bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they had to run and hide because they were like, oh, my God, it's a bear. How did this go? Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, knock, knock. Uh, who's that? Tat. Tattoo. No, uh, thanks. I'm afraid of needles. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Uh, are you okay with? Moon Standard Time. Never heard of this Moon Standard Time. Have you? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jono, have you ever heard of Moon Standard Time? No, I haven't heard of Moon Standard Time. This is really unique. John and I are on the same page. Uh, while some Canadians um, every single spring decide whether we should keep daylight saving time. Uh, it's daylight saving, by the way. Very important. And every spring, that's when the conversation comes up when we lose sleep. In the fall, nobody complains. The European Space Agency wants to give the moon its own time zone. The idea first came up in a meeting in the Netherlands in 2022 when people decided there was an urgent need to establish a common lunar reference time. Now a joint international effort is being launched to help achieve this goal. If it's 8 o'clock in Vancouver, 9 in Calgary, and 11 p.m. in Toronto, what time is it on the moon? The moon sits above many time zones, but why does it matter? It's a distant, unpopulated landscape after all. But it won't always be. And liftoff of Artemis 1. NASA has started up moon missions again, and now countries around the world are sending spacecraft to the moon. Plus, private companies are seeing big business and tourism opportunities on the moon. The European Space Agency says it's time the world agreed on a standard of time for moon travel to ensure global coordination. The moon is about to become a very busy place over the next decade and probably for the rest of its existence. And, you know, you need an efficient and safe system in place. It's like the growth of train travel in the 19th century. 
countries needed timetables for trains crossing borders. It's why they came up with 24 basic time zones around the world. More if you count Newfoundland and Labrador. The moon will become both a destination and a hub for space travel. A busy lunar highway with speeds up to 40,000 kilometers an hour is dangerous. Plus, time is quicker on the moon. It has to do with the moon's mass, less gravity, Einstein, all that stuff. It just means clocks gain about 56 microseconds per day on the moon. Not a lot, but in moon travel, precision matters. It's just not going to be a big deal for people. but. We live in a computerized age where time is really important and keeping our time systems set as accurately as we possibly can. Scientists will have to figure out a universal lunar timekeeping system and nations will have to agree on it. It's taken about four billion years, but it seems time is of the essence for the moon to get its own clock. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto. Kind of fascinating. Also fascinating that the clocks run faster on the moon than they would here too. So um, it's got to be practical for astronauts. That's about it. NASA shooting for its first flight to moon with astronauts in more than a half century next year with an early landing on the uh, lunar landing um, as early as 2025. Knock, knock. These are from Shift Heads texting in, by the way. <laughs> Who's a... Hatch. <laughs> Okay, had to, had to. Uh, I like that one. That's one of my favorites. Mm. I, that's a fun one. All right, knock, knock. Who's that? Nania. Nania who? Nania business, that's who. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.